0: Hey everyone, Ernest Calderon here. Thanks for tuning in to We Bought a Mic. You're listening to part two of our Quentin Tarantino double episode this week. This is our top five Quentin Tarantino movies. Part one was a review of his latest, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So please listen to that and know that we will not be spoiling the film in this episode, but we will be spoiling most of his other films. So be wary of that. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. So
1: don't get upset. Better
2: than he can. Sorry.
0: Oh shit. So
1: we're talking Sean Mendez here. Yeah, top
0: five Sean Mendez tracks. Number one, Burn In by the Jonas Brothers.
1: <laughs> referencing my fire tweet. <laughs>
0: All right, so. I should be plugging my
1: Twitter every episode. It's just so damn good. Quentin <laughs> Teranktino. Yeah, so I thought about it over the break, and I'm just going to still go with my initial uh, thought, which is now. I was, see, I was going to. It's gonna... a good joke. Come on. Well, n- that wasn't even
0: what I was delivering. What about it's Quentin... not a good joke. What about Quentin Tino?
1: No. It's not is a joke. worse? Like, you don't wear it as a, you don't buy it as a gag gift. Oh <laughs> <laughs> this is that a real thing? It's no, I wasn't deliberating
2: whether or not it was good. I know if, if it's good or not. Uh but I was trying to think of something better but then instead I ended up thinking about Shawn Mendes which <laughs> led me down this wormhole in which I came up with a whole new theory that I can bother everyone about uh which is the the decent triangle of musicianship mm-hmm. in which you can only be you have to be to be a famous musician. You have to be either hot Write your own songs and music or uh, talented. Write your own Wait, songs and they be good. What was the triangle? I already forgot
1: it. And be a good singer. Singer. Singer, singer a good attractive, voice. writer. Yes. Good
2: singer, good musician, hot. God, and I have to tell you your own damn triangle. Well, I, know. I mean,
1: but then there's like the great artists, especially that's more of a pop triangle than anything else. Well, I yeah. feel like it mostly applies Like, So for example whenever there's an artist That can do all three well it's amazing Like Ariana Grande for example She's very attractive she writes her own songs uh, <laughs> She writes the lyrics she, To her she songs she doesn't credited, make the
2: beats She's credited as a writer with Other people have
1: you like listened to Sweetener Thank you next those are very personal songs yeah, but and She so definitely is, uh, had a hand writing the songs She is not okay, so She, you she can still has cr- at least two and a half yeah, of
2: the three she, she helps to write her songs but Britney Spears right in the middle
0: <laughs> so quentin tarantino uh yeah, this pod's gonna be like hot. four
1: hours long he
0: is a writer <laughs> yeah and he's he's a great voice and he's <laughs> let me let me tell you something about quentin before we uh start these uh these rankings is uh, i watched death proof and then i watched the special features and there's a making of featurette about death proof where they just let him go off go completely off off the rails uncut just Rambling like a madman that's, about the yeah. history of car chase. That's movies. kind of his thing: is rambling. And, and they were like, "They were like, you know what? We got this on tape. We're just going to put it on the DVD extras without editing it. We're just going to let you have this five-minute ramble." <laughs> How is it? It's better than the movie. I know. Yeah. I like Death Proof. Uh, okay. Well, oh, I,
2: I mean, I haven't seen Death
0: Proof. That's oh, one okay. of the two I haven't seen. Well, all right. So that's a good segue into our rankings. So, I prioritized watching his older work i haven't gotten a chance to revisit inglorious django or hateful eight mm-hmm. um but i did what is hateful eight
1: he didn't make an eighth movie so oh i, don't know
0: I, I that guess is. i guess he didn't um so what's kind of the best way to do this if we're not gonna if drew for so if you haven't seen those movies, they're not going to be on your list because you haven't seen them. So, That's definitely
1: so you true. have a top five out
0: of n- out of
1: seven. Well, we'll just I mean, five. you
2: guys will start and then I'll join in when I have a number that is available to be in the list. And well, are, wait, we're only
1: doing five.
2: Oh, are we? Yeah. Let's just do top five. Let's then. just do top exactly. Five. Yeah. OK, so well, here's a question. Are we counting Kill Bill one and two as one
0: movie as Tarantino mm. seems to? Should we? I have them both right next to each other on my list, so I, ca- I have them. I,
1: I have them separated by one, but neither of them make my top five. So. I, I
2: oh, counted no. them together, okay, just because it's like Brockhampton for me, where it's like, is there any actual
0: difference? No, it's, it's one story, but it's two yeah. movies, but and one one movie informs the other one. Well, yeah, the question is,
2: do many people delineate between the quality of both? And the answer is no. We all have them
0: either right next to them or I together. Would, so. I would put the first one a little higher. Yeah, just, so would I. Just I would just very because, slightly, yeah. Just because it has, like, all of the style and crazy fucking action. The second one has all of the drama and the gravitas, though. I, so you kind of need... You need both halves of the whole.
1: So here's... I mean, I... It, it's probably gonna pop up on your list. I think Kill Bill is a very enjoyable movie for what it is, and I don't find the story particularly compelling at all. Um, I would give the first one the nod over the second one because I do think that whenever it's just the style and the action, I think that's done really well. The second one, where it becomes more plot based and there's less cool action set pieces, I just I I'm, I just rewatched it, and the second one is just not as interesting to me. But that's just okay. personal. So I,
2: what's? Well, I mean, can we get into just five? Yeah, yeah it's so on your list. I'm why don't sure. Why don't you start, Drew? What's your number five? I'm still. This is a hard list. Be- it is because, like I said, it's a lot like Kanye's discography. Like that's the hardest discography to rank because there is a baseline for most of the albums and movies of quality. Where we're like we're splitting hairs
1: here.
0: All I'll I say,
1: every movie on my top five is like a nine out of ten. Yeah, you can make a case
0: for any of his top seven. I I, I would say you could make a case for any one of his
2: movies to be number one probably i mean we're not talking about like a zero versus a you know 10 uh, which is
0: which is so difficult because like there's there's movies that i loved that just won't make my top top five the
2: the only one i don't want to hear a case for is hateful eight honestly where it's i'm not (laughs) saying that's a bad movie but i think there is a, a gap
1: I okay, I keep saying that's bad. It's not bad, but it falls perfectly in your parabola, Drew, where it is a five out of ten. Whoa. Where everything else I don't
0: think I would not put it that low.
1: I would. I just don't think it's interesting. And it's like you said that it's filled with tension, but I don't think the tension works, so then it's just boring at that point. Mm. Um that's just me personally. That, I would
0: still put it at the bottom. That's for me. my lowest movie. Yeah, me too. I mean,
1: even if you don't have a five, then like I I still think it's a great movie. I just don't think it's watchable. That's so fair. let me let's fair. What
0: I'll just run run up my list real quick. So I have do p- want to do well. Let's go
2: around. Let's, let's do, do our that, famous, let's do our but famous. But let's do it quick. So my number five is Pulp Fiction. We're waiting, right? Yes. Wait. Okay, yeah. That's fine. Uh, so what's your number five? I have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
1: Same. So do I. All right.
2: Well, that would end up leading us to my number four, which is the Once Upon okay, a Time.
1: Great. I um, okay. So we just
2: did a whole episode about it. So we all have it in our top. Uh, half basically, I guess you guys have a dead in the middle.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so, which is a positive. That's yeah. a good thing. I, it
1: really good place to be. <laughs> this is honestly a movie that could rise up even further as years pass by. It really could. It has the potential to be like, yeah, if not the best, then one. It, of the very It was best. a very
2: very good movie. The flaws that I did point out and maybe harped on, uh, did not ruin it by any means for me. Yeah. And that's it. So number four, I have Inglorious Bastards. We gotta wait. wait.
1: Yeah, wait on that. My number four, I know I'm going to have to wait. I have Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. We got to
0: wait. Yep. Well, my number three is Reservoir Dogs. Oh, got to wait. Wow. My number three is Kill Bill. Uh, did this make your list? No, it no? didn't make
2: my list. It was my number six.
0: I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I know you're a bill movie. boy. Uh, I actually, when I revisited it last month, it felt brand new to me because when I had seen it before when I was younger... I saw it in pieces, and I was way off the soilent, so I did not. Uh, wow! I, I did not uh, comprehend it. In, I'm I'm in, excited to level. find out what you were on <laughs> after, <laughs> after the pod. I'm gonna, that's my first
2: question. Uh, it was just
0: the pot, just the pot. Oh, just, okay. Yeah, but it it actually like it. I don't know what it was about it back then that I wasn't interested in, but revisiting it i really appreciated it i really valued the the artistry in the action it's so stylized oh, and so over the top. I mean, so especially
1: much. volume one, the entire third act it's that takes so place ridiculous. is so big. Be- I mean, I said that I'm not as high on this, but I'd still give this movie like a 7.5 or an 8. Like oh, still I still. go
2: higher than that for e- everything on this list. Yeah, like These are all
0: like nines. It's, and even <laughs> if, because
2: he, I mean, most of his movies except for a couple for me could be better in the story department, but the level he's at visually is beyond, I would say, Maybe there are like three or four guys who can compete with him visually. Well, you know,
0: yeah, I mean, oh my God. And and Kill Bill especially, like there's sequences that are just absolutely yeah. drop and
2: gorgeous. Well, and the reason that Kill Bill in particular works without having like character moments, which it doesn't super need it has some. It definitely Volume
0: does. Volume two yeah. really does. It definitely
2: mm-hmm. does. But the reason it works without them is because it's it's a love letter to kung fu movies yeah. which don't have Especially as a non uh, Japanese person watching Japanese, you know, kung fu movies, uh, you don't watch them for the character moments. You watch them for the unbelievable choreography and the visuals, which this movie takes and it just explodes, basically. Yeah. this
1: movie has, I mean, it has some of the best moments of any Quentin Tarantino
2: movie. Yeah, it's all about the, it has the best color palette of. It. Oh, opening, I mean, the
1: Lucy Lou fight yeah. and oh my like, god, in the
0: snow. Best yeah, colorization all, by far, I'd say. The it's opening fight. Oh yeah, uh, is in the house. Oh, also, so good. this is
1: like it was an ultimate Tarantino moment to show a name already checked off of the list, and then we spend the entire movie of her journey to actually cross that name off her list. knows done. Exactly,
0: Lovely. yeah. So this, this this movie it really wowed me. It, it actually did hit me on an emotional level because of Volume Two, because of David Carradine's performance as Bill, mm. and the, just the the revenge plot that's in there. That's sort of gets subverted a little bit because of the revelations that are made there with uh, the bride and 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 her daughter yeah. and all of that, that that we see in volume two. So I found it very touching. And, and of course, again, the style, the action. There's even like an animated sequence. Yeah, in the animated one. sequence is awesome. Outstanding. Yeah. Like just yeah. so many moments that absolutely wowed it's, me. It's artistry. Yeah, it so totally that's, is. That's my number three.
2: Three. What's your number three, Hunter?
0: My number three is
1: Pulp Fiction.
2: Do we have okay. to
1: wait? Uh, not very long, but yes. Okay,
2: so we do have to wait. My number two is
1: Django. Django so wow. Django is my number six. Um, it, I had to only boot off because of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Such a great movie. Like, it's so, so good. The actual, I think that the action, this movie gets spaghetti western, right, in so many different ways. Yeah. And it is like, it. This and Bastards both just have, like, the pure wish fulfillment that you want out of Tarantino movies.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it's that done extremely well. Uh, again, we're, I'm going to talk about this, you know, beyond this point, but I am... Christoph Waltz has an outside chance at being my favorite actor, period. Like, I I truly love everything he does. I I want to read his ASMR if he ever does ASMR. <laughs> his voice is just music to my oh, ears.
0: Oh, man.
2: I can't get enough of the dude. He, Especially, obviously, in Tarantino movies. He's just at another level. Uh, And there's Leo And this is one of the few movies I've seen that gets Jamie Foxx in a good position to cook Yeah uh, Because uh, he's been bad Yeah, He's suave as fuck He's amazing in it Uh, We've only seen him this good in Beat Shazam Those are the only two roles he's had where he's really gotten to pop (laughs) off (laughs)
1: Yeah yeah. Not the pianist. No. Or have you guys seen Beach no. The soloist. The soloist. It's, yeah. Not the, the pianist. Is it is. Completely it's different it's
2: truly sad to watch him on beaches. M. am like, it's like you're He's Jamie Foxx. Like Dax Shepard is doing a similar show right now. Like yeah. you're not Dax Shepard. You're Jamie Foxx. He must be a huge asshole. So, you know, Django, he must be an asshole. Joke. Django
0: Unchained was one of the ones I didn't get a chance to revisit. I, I definitely plan to at some point soon. Um, it's actually like right at the bottom of my list right now, um, on top of Hateful Eight. Uh, but Leo's scene, uh, where he oh my god goes off when he cuts his hand,
1: that's. Did he get nominated For an Oscar for this movie Yeah Just because of that scene And I rewatched that scene And like you can see The moment It's just like You see it in his eyes Where he stabs himself Like where he cuts his hand And then he puts the blood On Kerry Washington's face Yeah No it's just like That is acting at it's (laughs) finest Where he like Literally slices his hand open Like like, where he had to get stitches This isn't just a little cut Yeah And he It's a long take Where he just still sits there And acts through it It actually reminds me of his performance Of Quote unquote performance In Once Upon a Time In Hollywood Wherever he's playing the guy And he goes to the next level Where he shoves the girl On the ground and everything else It's like yeah This is really Leo Playing himself Where he's just like I'm Committing to you this you had thing. my curiosity, uh, but now you have my he attention. Just,
2: yeah, he's so he knows how to do over the top in the most precise way, where it's never too much. You know, yeah. that's a gift. He's he's so he's so. so that's your number two. That is my number two. I would have to rewatch it. I haven't in a while, but when I saw it, it hit me at that age where all you want is the gratuitousness. I mean, and the he, won, the topness, he won. He you won know? best
1: screenplay for this because the screenplay is yeah, it's outstanding. so much fun.
2: Rewatching it, I might uh, want to comb it over for problematicness. I don't remember. What, where it lies, but it.
1: I think that it's actually aging better than it was when the controversy, whenever it first came out. Because remember, it came out, Spike Lee like was all up in arms against it for it being racist and all this kind of stuff. But since then, like Jamie Fox and Samuel L. Jackson, and everybody else have been just like, no, he's it, like it's fine. If anything, like this is this is showing what we should as black culture want is to be the people who are like oh no fuck you great we're saying this as i'm saying this as a white man so yeah. i don't know what the fuck well it's, it's about, part but... of
0: that that tarantino verse again yeah. you know so we just talked about uh some of that in, in our review but yeah. like well the the movie in, in this movie the slave successfully uh, gets revenge on the thing the slave is Well owners.
2: what I was gonna say is if anything, that concept of that sort of vigilante justice hasn't aged great because we've kind of grown a little tired of it. Or at least I have, and it seems like there is less of that being pumped out for that reason. So maybe that hasn't aged well. Not for any problematic reason. But anyway,
0: uh what's what are you at? Number two, what are you at? Pulp fiction. Okay. So let's
1: get into it. i am at number three, I might say that this is his best movie quote-unquote best
0: movie every scene in this movie is just fireworks like the dialogue the acting it's definitely cinematography it's his most culturally influential movie and it remains that to this day yeah like just every there are so many things that you can pick out in this movie that have been absolutely absorbed into pop culture from the uh, bad motherfucker wallet to the whole like spiel that Samuel gives about like pilot season, yeah. There's so many little things. Uh, the the briefcase, the dance scene with Uma Thurman. Um, it's it's. All over this thing It's, it's yeah. coded in it it's, and,
2: I mean it's a, like A stereotypical rewatchable Where like yeah. you say Movies where you can Say things like that Oh the briefcase scene That this scene the yeah. That's a movie That you can just the put on The overdose
1: scene you're just, yeah. like, It like immediately Strikes up this memory in Yeah your and when scene, you're
2: Watching like, it you're like Oh shit that scene's next I'm still interested Because well, you know And yeah. I,
1: <laughs> But another thing That I love about this movie Is the way that This is like Tarantino's His whole uh, Never knowing What time period You're in Like I think that Works best in in this movie, um, yeah. where it almost like it still kind of threw me. I haven't seen this movie in a couple of years until I did my rewatch, and like I forgot about the ordering of different things and yeah, stuff it's, like that. It's I was like, so unchronological. No, because I was just like, oh shit. So they could just die. wait did, we, did i miss the diner scene or something like that yeah, it's like the it's the very end it's it's just all these things like the unchronological time order it really plays with your head in just the best kind of way
0: yeah i i love this movie yeah. i think the characters are so tim well roth. realized tim roth i, yeah, I tim mean roth. everyone dude john travolta samuel L. jackson yeah. ving rames bruce willis yeah it's uh, it's crazy it, it's I mean, John Travolta in this movie is, like, maybe his best performance ever, <laughs> but he's been in a lot of garbage.
1: Um, uh, so Hairspray? Gotti? Gonna- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh well, also I that uh, another moment cuz Tarantino loves to play with the actors' uh careers and there's some like throwaway line whenever they walk into the 50s diner it's like shitting on the movie grease. <laughs> That's I just I really like picked that out of my rewatch that was like uh, yeah, I mean this grease really culture.
2: the aesthetic of the movie also is like the it's like another character in the movie it like, really is cuz like you said it has this crazy throwback feel but it is set like around when it came out. Yeah. It's set in the 90s but like it invokes like the diner you know it invokes the 60s the way they're dressed is very throwback if
1: you think that this is a period just look at samuel L. jackson's jerry curl and that yeah. tells you this is a <laughs> 90s movie it just well, it, there's
0: this griminess to it it just you know? it
2: set up a whole gender like it made it cool to be like a fake greaser it, yeah. it it set up the entire ska aesthetic before it became like being gross which was like later on in the '90s, but I like, don't think
1: that the sky aesthetic is gross. It I think is. that's great. I I'm overriding great. that. You guys want to go skank together afterwards or what? <laughs> and I'll dude, send some real big fish.
0: The the Ving Rhames basement scene
1: is like oh my god! No, I yeah. like forgot about like certain like moments that yeah, happened like in this movie. movie has and like some straight up like really visceral,
0: borderline traumatizing. Yeah, shit. I think I would uh in retrospect
2: to to 10 minutes ago move it ahead of once upon a time because it is a more economical movie mm-hmm. than once upon a time like it's just like boom 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 and it's not like rushing it's just
0: is it has energy
2: it's an energetic well, movie
0: yeah my whole my whole take on that is that i kind of wanted that from once upon a time and once upon a time is not that at all yeah and i kind of like as time goes forward, I am appreciating it more for <laughs> that because it is so not Pulp Fiction at As all. you age, you're like, well, you know, life is one long ride. It's yeah. longer than you'd like it to be, that's <laughs> yeah. for sure. Uh, but... Th- <laughs> I think this movie is, is borderline perfect. Like, there's just so much about it that is yeah. some of, like, the best that you can ask for in movies. Um, there's a couple of things that, you know, I haven't aged well, like Quentin Tarantino on camera saying the N-word uh, multiple times. Yeah, I do um, like
1: that uh, in Django, he tried to, like, retcon that, where he's, like, the only white dude who doesn't <laughs> use the N-word. He's just like, I right, mate, I'm an Australian. <laughs> yeah. I don't know the N-word.
2: <laughs> That's true. Um
0: so yeah, but
2: and also it can't be understated. Uh, this was also mentioned on Bleeped Out Podcasts that we don't talk about because we don't name other podcasts. But they did say this was the movie that introduced people to Tarantino. No one really saw Reservoir Dogs oh, in yeah, theaters. Yeah, Reservoir right. Dogs but, was like an uh, it was a yeah. cult classic, and then they went back after Pulp Fiction and got into Reservoir Dogs uh, because they were like, oh, this is like on the same level. Just about like <laughs> we just didn't see it. Anyway, what are we on right now? My number two, which is Jackie
1: Brown. Ooh. Whoa, nice. Jackie I, Brown is amazing. Dude, Jackie Brown is so good. And this yeah. movie, like, this was, I think this and Death Proof were the only movies of Tarantino that I hadn't seen before this watch-through. I honestly but still haven't seen Jackie Brown. Check out, Jackie Brown is so good. They're about to put it on Netflix in, like, a couple weeks. Oh, well, Pam yeah. Greer is incredible like this is why this is the like opposite side of the argument whenever people say like tarantino doesn't know how to write like women's roles or he doesn't know how to write like people of color in his movies and stuff like that he knows how to do it he just doesn't do it sometimes (laughs) because he like pam greer in this movie is a fucking bona fide badass and she's not just it's not the whole I, I'm sorry. I'm gonna shit on not shit on Kill Bill, but it's not the Kill Bill thing where she's just a badass because she's a badass. Well, she well, actually has real motives in this movie, unlike uh, the Bride does in Kill Bill. Well, it's more of uh, well, the Bride definitely has motives. Well, yeah, she does, but it's just come like it killed her. No, it's not. Baby. A, it's the the
2: problem isn't the motive. The problem is. Uh, I, I, you know, the term is loaded, but toxic masculinity. That's how a guy would react to being fucked over. Would yeah. just be like, dude, I. It's like bring bad. Like, dude, I bet. Like, if something bad happened to me, I could just kill everybody. Right. Yeah. Like,
1: not necessarily how you write an intelligent Where female character. Pam Greer is like. She is the smartest person in this movie. She's working yeah. so many different angles yeah. in this whole situation. Samuel L. Jackson, this might be better than Jules for me for like Ooh. best Samuel L. Jackson it performance in a, a Tarantino L. movie. Robert it's, De Niro. De Niro is in oh. this movie. He's so good. Michael Keaton is yeah, in here. Dude, Michael R- Keaton. Robert Forster is Max Cherry, is yeah. like low key one of my favorite. The best thing Tarantino about characters. Jackie
0: Brown is that. F- This is his third movie, so it's kind of like a hard left turn for him to do this much more toned down, yeah. Uh, critics didn't like this
1: movie whenever it came out, it was yeah,
0: it was seen as a disappointment, yeah, like sort of like this meandering thing where like you're not getting like the snappy, overly violent things that you were getting from his last two films. And in Jackie Brown, he comes in, he gives us like Something that's a little bit more realistic, you know, because like you watch Pulp Fiction and you're just like all these people, like you said earlier, like who who do you know in your yeah. life that's like Vincent Vega, you know, <laughs> like or Marcellus. Wallace. No, of course not.
2: It's it's way more about the movie itself. And I was a thought that I had while watching a few of these Tarantino movies is h- him and the Coen brothers, I think, really did issue in a new generation of film and of filmmakers uh, post-modernism yeah uh Tar- they did both did it in different ways but they do have a lot in common uh tarantino has a smaller and overall higher up filmography of course but uh tarantino ushered in a really like a boon of meta film of a film that is about how much you like films like that's what he contributed to postmodernism, and also you know just the ultimate banality like the constant death And the, uh, like I said, the nihilistic Seinfeld dialogue. And then the Coen brothers brought in, ushered in, like, a lot of nihilism as opposed to Tarantino. Of just, like, the movie's about how everything's pointless.
1: Um, Another point about uh, Jackie Brown. This is really, I think, the the start-up of the foot fetish Tarantino things, (laughs) so many lingering shots of Bridget Fonda's feet. Like, so much Bridget Fonda feet in this movie. That is, I mean, she's great. She gives an amazing performance. She has one scene with Robert De Niro that is just so good. Well, multiple scenes with Robert De Niro, but the first scene when they're alone together (laughs) is so good, and it's so funny, this movie is, while also just kicking ass. I really, really love this movie. Yeah,
0: this is just shy of my, of my top five. And we're, I could, easily, I could uh, yeah. easily talk myself into putting it up there because I loved God, it. Yeah, I need to watch it. Um, so we're at number
2: one now. Yep. So and I don't know, remember what we've said, which is good because now I'm going to have such a surprise when you say you're number ones. But mine is Inglorious Bastards. Save it. <laughs> <laughs> for it to come around to for, me for, because for, I also yeah, have Inglourious yeah, Bastards off, as my number one. Yeah, let's let's just talk about it now. I did, y- you know, one may cry recency bias. I did see it today for the first time in its entirety. I'd obviously caught. Time. I'd obviously Ugh. caught snippets, <laughs> but it it was everything that I wanted from a Tarantino movie and it it didn't like accentuate or bring out any problems that I had with Once Upon a Time it more just confirmed what I had already thought about it which is that it's amazing but this was I think that concept done in a way that I liked better as a movie there are things in Once Upon a Time that I do like better but to have uh, these storylines that are operating separate from one another but they do meet not just at the very end they meet throughout the movie at different times that added a lot to it for me uh in addition to the fact that this is Tarantino at his best in terms of filmmaking all the actors are at their best Christoph Waltz is uh did he get anything for this he won yeah, the he oscar. yeah good he won. I, it's it, t- when i was watching it i was like there's no well, question he, he, <laughs> he won, won the Landa. oscar
0: for this and for jingo yeah
2: i be- it's just there wasn't any question like it was just the best performance i had seen in so long since since two days before yeah. when i saw once upon a <laughs> time in hollywood um, and you
0: have you have brad
2: pitt well okay so brad pitt <laughs> wins
1: Man he wins Aldo Reigns man
2: you could you could call it the they knew award for overacting in the whole movie because it's like the right kind in particular though the overacting comes in when he's pretending to be Italian oh (laughs) man that is when it's like just Italian Arrivederci (laughs) Granzi Grancy. <laughs> and Kristoff is like this genius who can definitely, he's like a linguistics expert. He's like, Grancy. <laughs> so like, that is incredible. So Brad Pitt.
1: my favorite thing about this movie and why this is my number, I think this is like a near perfect movie is because a lot of times we've talked about Tarantino does kind of struggle with plot. But he is incredible at writing scenes. This whole movie is five scenes. Yeah. And they have plot. They have a plot. They have an overarching plot to it. But just think about how this movie starts the first 20 minutes is like it almost gives me an anxiety attack watching it, where Landa comes in there and he's looking for the Jews that are in this house. <laughs> it is so it's tension so long. filled. Yeah. And It's so purposeful. It's so smart. I think this is his best screenplay, and like only 40, 30, 40% of it is actually in English, Mm. which is just incredible that that happens. The really, the bar scene in Mm. this movie is just my favorite movie just ever just give me just that whole scene <laughs> Michael the, yeah, uh, the, the ten, fassbender the scene. and it's Oof. this movie is so smart like where it's just it's a little thing of fassbender putting up the american three or the english three instead of the german three yeah. and that's what like tips the germans off is just such a smart idea I just think all the performances in this movie are amazing. I love the confidence that this movie has. This movie has a confidence unlike anything else. Yeah, they fucking kill Hitler.
0: They kill Hitler,
1: and then the final shot of this movie is Brad Pitt looking into the camera and saying, well, I think this might just be my masterpiece. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, that's That's just... the cockiest thing. That's just hitting, like, a fucking, like, a buzzer beater full court shot, and you're just like, yeah, I knew that was going on. (laughs) Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You know. It's like, you just like Curry. turn away and start walking to the locker room. Like, yeah, I know. It's like when LeBron
0: starts hitting the fuck yous. Like,
2: yeah. when he's, when he's like, you know, I don't even care. I'm, I, I'm making it. I didn't,
0: I didn't get a chance to rewatch this one. Uh, but if I had, I would probably put it, uh, right up there, number one, number two. Um, it's at, it's in my, it's number four. Yeah. So it's still there. It, I just haven't revisited in a it good is, minute, but it's still in my head. The, yeah. The, it's very like, it's, ingrained. it's burned in Yeah. There. Because I don't,
2: I can't have reasons. I don't think I have any recency bias because then I would also have it for once upon a time. And I do not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I really think this was just perfect. Like you can argue about whether it's the type of movie you want to see because it is certainly a type of movie. Like it's not a it's not a checks all boxes movie for everybody. Like you said, like most of it is not in English. Yet it masqueraded as like a a bro movie, almost like a like a middle school friendly like blood fest. And then you watch it, and it's in fucking German and French. (laughs) Like it's unbelievable. So I
1: mean, we've talked about the dude scenes in this, but. Also, the whole Shoshana plotline is amazing, and Melanie Laurent is incredible actress. And she, like her whole arc that she has in this movie, where we see her in the beginning of the movie versus the end, is so awesome. And uh, um, Diane Kruger popping up in that one yeah, scene, yeah, a k a
2: definitely not Evan Rachel Wood. Right. Don't you dare think that da- she is. Yeah.
1: Diane Kruger. Drew,
2: of,
0: she's not of <laughs> National Treasure fame. Yes,
2: yeah. Yeah. She's, she's amazing. I mean, the thing with Tarantino is he's never going to give you, like, a cast of super vulnerable, super layered characters. But in this movie, uh, like, in the bar scene before shit goes down... I was like, these are people. Like, these are human characters. It's
1: not that they're all, like, fully fleshed out or anything. It's just like, oh, these are people. The thing, another reason I love about this movie and the aspect of it that always, like, brings me back to is that everybody is always interrogating every other person that they don't know because that was just a sign of the times. It's, It's like almost this... I mean, the closest thing was, like, the Cold War era that we've experienced where it's just, like, you have to do, like, interrogating with every new person you meet to make sure they're not a communist. Like, that's almost this whole thing is just, like, oh, yeah, you're German. That dialect sounds a little bit strange. (laughs) What region are you from? Oh, oh, you were in this movie of yours where the region that you're in? Like, so great. I love the way that this is, like... This is a showcase to cinema In almost like the worst kind of way Where it's just like Hey remember the 40s When movies didn't exist And it was just all propaganda Oh my god Like yeah. <laughs> There's so many awesome
2: Gables things Gables in this Is just disgusting yeah. He's a disgusting little man He's like a golem
1: BJ Novak Our guy <laughs> In here Oh yeah <laughs> Good on him right.
2: I mean amazing cast. Fossbender, I cannot speak about Fassbender enough Fassbender
1: like, is the ultimate Like he gives one of the best Heat check performances yeah, it ever it is a He's heat check He's in two war. scenes he And steals he steals them steals yeah, scenes. he he
2: absolutely slays like he is so good and i i guess he just may actually know these languages i think he speaks german and french and english um
1: damn yeah i mean they got a lot of uh multilingual yeah. people to be in here except for very obviously brad pitt <laughs> <laughs> <Ruben dirty. laughs> that is the funniest <laughs> I I could not get enough of what Brad. is uh, what is the the other guy that uh, um the other guy plays um I just all of their names in that scene where they're trying to be Italian yeah. is just the funniest thing ever yeah
2: and then and then Christoph is like fucking with them because he already knows they're not yeah. Italian but he's like no really let me hear the music in it he's like
1: <laughs> An Antonio <laughs> and Antonio Benetti. it's just yeah it's
2: it's truly it's great comedy and Brad Pitt he plays the same really pivotal role as he does in Once Upon a Time where he is. Especially in Inglorious, he's grounding the movie for the general audience. Where it's not just the fact that he's Brad Pitt and you like looking at him, even though obviously we all love to look at the guy. Uh, he is getting broad laughs as opposed to like, you know, character joke laughs. He is saying things that are funny to a very wide range of people. Same with Once Upon a Time. He's doing a lot of like dad jokey type things of like, well, that was weird, <laughs> you know, and the whole audience is like, yes, it was, yes, it was. And that has a place in movies. That's the thing that people get wrong a lot. Broad comedy has a place in any type of movie as long as it's not the only thing. Like, a yeah. whole movie of just that is bad, I you think know? that's
0: I... one of the things that makes Tarantino's writing so good is that you're sitting in this theater for usually probably like three hours if not yeah. more. And in that time, you're, you're laughing – you you feel scared there's action there's tension yeah you get like everything yeah and, and it's, it's all layered in this like really character driven yeah
2: dialogue. and it looks art housey while also paying homage to like big blockbuster movies yeah. like it's it checks it's everything all at once and it's like it sneaks in uh like the beauty of cinema to to an audience of people who largely don't care about that mm-hmm. um once upon a time may people may grow tired of that because it is like a large like it's the whole movie basically but with all of his movies there's a lot of there's a lot of movie theaters and looking at film yeah in inglorious bastards but it's in the middle of a movie that is so uh dimensional that it's not like overpowering to an audience that doesn't give a shit about it
1: i had to look up the guy's name just because i loved it so much dominic de coco Yeah, (laughs) say that one more time, Dominic (laughs) (laughs) DiCoco
2: It's yeah. Brad Pitt is basically like my name, Jeff. Like (laughs) he's like on that level of horrible. (laughs) Like it's just it's a to me it was perfect. It was Tarantino on all cylinders, and that's that's what I wanted it to be. So that brings us to my number one, which is Reservoir Dogs, which is. His, really, for most of his movies, you could call them Tarantino on all cylinders. I'm realizing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, sure, he's, for sure. He's
0: usually on all cylinders. And sometimes that's a bad thing. You know, sometimes people really don't thoughts. like that. Like, Death Proof is Tarantino on all cylinders, and people really yeah. didn't like that. Where? So, wait, where's in, uh, Reservoir for you? Reservoir, I have it at four. It's my three. Oh. So, um, okay. We yeah, all love so it. So, this is the one that I can. I could I could talk myself into saying that any of these are ten out of tens, but Reservoir Dogs is like the only one that when I saw it, I had no doubt about it that it was like a masterpiece because of how simple it is, and you know Tarantino like I I think that the reason why I have Django and Hateful Eight at the bottom of my list is because those are the movies that he had the highest budget on and Mm. the most. To play with and the and the the most resources. Yeah. Sometimes you appreciate the simplicity and yeah. yeah and with Reservoir Dogs, like he was operating at such a low budget with like absolutely nothing that he couldn't even show the set piece that the entire movie is yeah. built around. We cut away from it and we yeah. never see. it. And it's it. almost better that you don't. Yeah, because. <laughs> Everything that you imagine in your head is better than what he could have shot yeah, with no Or budget. as good. Because yeah. now we
2: know that he can do that stuff. But it's like, yeah, I can imagine a Tarantino. Like, I'll watch any so, other one of his movies the, to what see makes, that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and what makes this movie so damn good is the cast. Like, these guys. Uh, obviously, we could talk for ages about how uh, borderline misogynistic his writing is. And <laughs> there's no female speaking role in Reservoir Dogs, which to some people could very fittingly bring it down. Uh, in quality just simply yeah. because of that. And it's it's whites. Yeah. yeah oh, it's oh, all white <laughs> Obviously, yes. Yes, of course. But that aside, it is just magnetic what he gets out of these guys. Yeah. Every single one of them. Michael Madsen, Tim Keitel, Roth. Harvey Keitel. Yeah, Harvey Keitel. Keitel. Uh, um, Buscemi. Uh,
1: yeah, Steve Buscemi. This was the movie that made Steve Buscemi like an yeah. actual name. Yeah, but every single one of these
0: guys is different is realized in their own way. You you care about all of them. You fear fucking Michael Madsen. Yeah, Mr. Blonde, Mr. Blonde. So is, Mr. Blonde we got we got to talk about it's the happened. ear scene whole You, you thing. watch him I in thought, this
2: and you think he can do anything. Yeah, you think that this is a male lead that will last forever? Yeah. And you know, obviously I'm assuming he struggled with issues but Man, he's great in Kill he, Bill he is like an he's a top tier like a like old school lead in this like you know what i mean yeah he, he that's Suave
0: why and menacing that's why
2: tarantino liked him obviously tarantino likes those movies that that type of guy was in where yeah. he just is good at being a badass mm-hmm. and bad at being a good person
1: <laughs> i do uh i do think that it's it's a fun revisionist history to think that Tony Scott, who made Top Gun and True Romance, almost made this movie and uh Tarantino almost made True Romance as his first movie. Yeah. If Tony Scott made this movie, you are absolutely seeing the you're seeing the whole bank robbery yeah. <laughs> scene. Like that's that's a fact, is but, that you're seeing that. Yeah, the, that, the 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 restraint here is so effective. It works so much better that you don't see that. Yeah. And you more you put the pieces together in your head about like Oh my god, what did Mr. Blonde do whenever shit oh, yeah. went sideways well, in there? Well, but
0: the t- the runtime is filled out with all of these other flashbacks that we get. Um and we g- probably it would be another whole list to do like top scenes or top moments, but I would put the flashback of Tim Roth's Oh my god, Mr. Character. Orange.
1: Oh man, when he's in the bathroom and Cold- like going through the monologue in his head. So so good tim roth for so me so damn good
2: it is like a really underrated guy but and not, I, and not... i get why he wasn't in every movie because he doesn't look like he should
0: be in every right. movie of course uh lie to me yeah <laughs> lie to me i was not, not just not like that show not just his performance but like Qu- quentin tarantino's writing and directing of that whole sequence is like absolutely genius to have this Reveal Of this guy being Undercover cop The whole time And have that inform How the rest of the movie Plays yeah. out It just adds This whole other layer That it just makes The movie it's unbelievable. Sorrowful.
1: I love And also I just I love Tim Ross character Because at first You watch it And you're like Man this guy is Really overacting Going for <laughs> you Just like I'm dying here Man, I'm gonna, oh, shot, me in the gut. Man, I'm dying. Just going all in for it. But since we have those flashback moments, we get to see Tim Roth actually doing more stuff than just like screaming, agonizing yeah, yeah. in pain. I love the first. My favorite scene of this movie is whenever they first get to this abandoned warehouse, and it's Mr. White and Mr. Pink talking and like doing their back and forth. Where he's just like, you- "For all I know, you could be the rat." And all of a sudden, just like now, you're actually thinking smart. Like that's such a it's smart bad guy talk where it's just like these are t- like everybody in this movie is a disgusting, horrible person. They have a whole talk like Mr. Pink doesn't tip waitresses and all this guys yeah, kind of that stuff opening, like yeah. they're not. These aren't good people to aspire to be, but yet you still kind of cheer for them. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: also, my biggest my two two of my biggest points about my Kanye Tarantino impression stem from this discussion. Uh one is obviously to come out of the gate with something this strong is almost unheard yeah. of. Like this was his debut. You know, we don't talk about all of Spielberg's B movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is insane. He's a freak of nature. The other one though is uh all of Tarantino's movies and this one in particular, apparently there is a movie that this is like can be seen as a direct uh ripoff of or an homage depending on how you want to frame yeah. it. Uh and that's a critique that Tarantino gets all the time. Also, Kanye. Like So many people hate so much, they refuse to call him a musical genius because of his Heavy use of sampling. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what Tarantino does in every movie. He's sampling scenes from other movies yeah. and putting them together and in a fun own new... twist. On yeah, it. yeah, that's exactly what Kanye does. Like they're the same type of genius, where they're they're a uh, a mental encyclopedia of their medium. They yes. know everything and they know how to put it together in a fresh way. And to me, that's artistry. That is not. Yeah. I, you,
0: I don't question whether or not it is. That is artistry. That's why every single one of Tarantino's movies is special and unique and and great in their own way because he has consumed so much film that he the only way he can process it is to turn that into some of the greatest yeah. art we've ever seen. Well, I
1: I did like really because I never I mean, as much as I love Tarantino's work, I never I guess before this watch through, maybe it was because of the bad taste that Hateful Eight left in my mouth. But I <laughs> never like considered him to be like one of my favorite directors But I'm so glad that we could do a watch through of Tarantino movies leading up to this. We can't just do like before the Irishman watch all of Scorsese's movies because that's like a hundred movies. We could pick pick and choose. Yeah, but like I love the restraint that Tarantino shows in his filmmaking where he's just like, yeah, these are my movies. And I put years and years of my life into each of these things so that they'll each be special. Yeah. And even if they don't hit 100 percent for you and you might one might not work for you nearly as well as the other. He's still, like, putting himself into these movies. And, again,
2: it's the same thing as Kanye. Like, I can hear your argument for you not liking him, but I'm not going to hear an argument that he's not good at what he does. Like, what he is good at, he's the best at. Same with Kanye. What he's good at, he's the best. Some things he's not as good at, Kanye's not that great at singing. And if you don't
0: like
1: it, then you don't like it. (laughs) Yeah. You don't have to like it. I, I understand people, like tarantino is one of those filmmakers where it's like i i get it like if you say that like you're not a fan that's like people okay don't some people like yeah. hate paul, paul thomas anderson they exactly. find his movies to just be too meandering too, yeah like yeah they found it to be too loud like everybody can have these criticisms with somebody but it's just like i i can hear your argument but i could not disagree more <laughs> it's just yeah and I, I totally agree with
2: what you said like i'm really glad we've been able to do this retrospective because it has kind we, of. We
1: can't do this with most directors. Yeah, and it
2: and it just generally has kind of opened my eyes to Tarantino. It's it's a lot like Kanye. Sometimes you think about like their last thing, like you think about Yay, and you're like, oh yeah, Kanye. But then you you have to really. Now it's like,
1: oh god, this yeah. guy made my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Yeah, give shit. <laughs>
2: give the older shit a listener or a watch, and you're like, oh, this is someone that we're not going to really
0: see again. Yeah. Is. Is *Inglorious Bastards* my bit- beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy? For me, it is. For
1: me, and they came out within a year of each other yeah, too. It's weirdly whoa. enough.
2: His thing is different because uh, people would say *Pulp Fiction* is his best movie, but his masterpiece,
1: I would say, is *Inglorious*. I think that is like the culmination of his life's work. I think that. I think *Inglorious Bastards*, at least for me, it's the perfect blend of style. Is and Jackie substance. Brown
0: his 808s and heartbreaks? No faith, maybe death proof. Well, see which one is. All right, wait. I want to talk about death proof real quick (laughs) before we wrap up because I saw that movie. Um, I am baffled at how much hate it gets. Obviously, like I can see why maybe, but this movie has Kurt Russell driving around in a indestructible car named Death Proof, and he plays Stuntman Mike, and he stalks women. And then they, so you can see where the hate comes from. Then Hunter's like, I don't get it. <laughs> I think it's awesome, and I think what he did, making the movie, like directing these girls to be like, I mean, we've we've said over and over how kind of uh, unable he is to write good female characters. I think he writes great female characters in Death Proof because mm, you I disagree get, with that. You get kind of different versions of this tough girl that just wants to party and have fun uh they're not all the same character you know and and it's is a little bit refreshing to see a female character that isn't quite the goody good girl perfect girl and isn't like the overly um uh masculine hyper violent girl either that that we get in in in, uh in something like kill bill there's this middle ground between there that he gets to explore in death proof where there's some girls that like they just want to talk shit Uh they just want to be like fucking talking shit talking smack being weird smoking pot um and that's what we get in death proof and we get one of the greatest car chases i've ever seen in my life it is fucking phenomenal what they did in this movie, shooting this car chase. It's all real. There's no uh, CGI. It's all practical with stunt drivers. It blew my mind. There's a moment where Zoe Bell is hanging on to the hood. Yeah, they're doing – was
1: it called a, a mask? A, yeah, a,
0: a, a ship, ship mask or something yeah. like that. And she is hanging on to the hood of the speeding car with no wires, no harness. <laughs> I need Zoe Bell to be in the next Mission Impossible movie to (laughs) out Mission Impossible Tom
1: Cruise. I don't think that's possible, but um, we'll see. I I Tom Cruise will like blow. He's just like, oh, I'm I'm method acting. I'll blow my brains out for this movie. Um, (laughs) Oh, also, so I without getting into spoilers, quick thing about Death Proof. I think Death Proof is really fun. I had a great time while watching it. Um, I do kind of, I understand the criticism just from the point of view that I think that it's kind of barely a movie at points where there's just like almost points where there's just like no plot at all. And it's just like in the underlying, it's like, oh yeah, Kurt Russell is just like lingering in the background of the shot right there. Okay, So that's the one thing that's bringing everything (laughs) together. Some great stuff. One of the great endings to a movie, like the ending of this movie just ends perfectly. Also, the very first shot is feet yeah no it's the opening <laughs> shot is just like theme. it's it's very fun but i just i put it towards the bottom because i just think that there's other movies that do tarantino stuff a lot all right better. I, i'm thinking
2: it's uh watch the throne then Ooh. what do you think about that because it, that, it well because wasn't that this,
0: official canon well though?
2: that's what i'm saying is this a fi- it, this was like a it double is, feature with considered... a Robert Rodriguez thing, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's His a... Watch the Throne is going to be his Star Trek movie. I would that say that makes.
2: this is more of a collab than any of his other movies, right? Yeah.
0: So Planet Terror and Death Proof are like it's part of the grindhouse. Yeah, feature, exactly. So. so
2: it's not one hundred percent his vision, and like you said, it's thinner on plot. Watch the throne is thinner on message than most of Kanye's albums in terms of like per- getting personal and vulnerable. You know, it's more about being bombastic, which is also yeah. I happen to think is great. But um, what is what is Tarantino's Jesus? Is that Kill Bill? Ooh. That's that's really fun. I like that is a it lot. Django? No, I think it's Kill Bill because it's, it's, it's loud. It's, it's, it's the s- most primal of all the the projects. Mm-hmm. You know, Kill Bill is just about what you, it's about the visual uh you know, it's it's more of like an artistic thing than it is like, all right, let's construct this perfectly, mm-hmm. you know, this plot. And that's what uses. Jackie is. Brown doesn't really fit into the whole Kanye thing. I'm no, trying to look through. the No, Kanye's I think it thing. does. Actually, I really think it does. I think it's his second album.
1: You think it's Late Registration? Because Late Registration was Well, what is Pulp Fiction then?
2: Pulp Fiction is Graduation because that was the one that everyone the big one. that was the one where everyone yeah. became familiar like not just the people who like the genre. Mm-hmm. I think that I'm onto something here. You are. You are. I'm enjoying this. All right.
1: Well, I so think his 10th can... film is going to be Yandi. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> it never a collab. Comes that way. <laughs> Oh, my God. What if... Yo, that would be crazy. <laughs> I, so I do want to say, because, you know, apparently, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a second-to-last movie. Do yeah. we think he's going to follow through with that? Is he going to find some kind of a loophole like he did with Kill Bill, where he's just like, ah, it's two movies, but technically there's one movie. Is he going to be like, his, um, his Star Trek movie that he's apparently working on, is that going to be like... That's not really so considered a film, a Tarantino wh- film.
0: While he's been... I mean, to that point, there's movies... The Zorro movie... There, there's movies like uh, True Romance and From Dusk Till Dawn that he wrote, but because he didn't direct them, they're not part of official canon. Mm. So, to to that point, like, um, he while he's been promoting Once Upon a Time, he said that he's been developing this Zorro Django project with Gerard Carmichael. He has this Star Trek movie lined up, and he's been talking about doing Kill Bill Volume Three. So he's kind of like playing with people. You know, he's kind of like. Kill Bill Volume 3. will be like. Yeah,
1: technically, this is also my fifth movie. <laughs> I
2: really don't believe any artist when they say they're done. Like, it's just, like, why Why take their word for it? How often is that true? He
0: wants to go out on a high note. I know. He wants to have a finite. Yeah, career. I know. But just
2: like when they say it years in advance, that's when it's not true. When they say it after making shit, that's when it's more. Well, often he's been to saying be it for.
1: Well, he's been, just been saying it for like this whole time. He's just like, I'm going to make 10 films and then I'll be done. Yeah, it's so just, we'll it's kind of
2: like James Murphy. You yeah. know, where it's yeah. like, hey, guys, I'm about to be done. You guys better come to my next movie because it's the last one. You Actually, know? <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I don't I could, know.
0: Honestly, I could see him doing that. He, he will he'll take a break for like 10 years and then. come yeah. back and do it.
2: I just feel like he's so egotistical. I feel
0: like I couldn't see him not making movies
2: because he's going to realize that no one cares about him. once I, He stops. To be <laughs>
0: honest with you, I don't think he's an egomaniac. I think he's like neurotic and like maybe a little bit autistic. <laughs> and he's like just so f- just fucking obsessed with he's Luby's. very anal like I, you can tell that he's a very am, anal I'm, dude I'm, he, I'm fairly
1: sure
2: that if you had to deal with him you would think he was an asshole
1: oh he seems like he's a slightly more fun version of fincher <laughs> he's we're like more, they are like on set they're like a fucking nightmare but then like off the screen you're like yeah i'll go have a beer with quentin he like, seems, seems more chill.
0: annoying than asshole like he's he can be a sweet guy, but once he starts to talk about movies, it's like all right, yeah, dude, and shut the and Yeah, well, and once he needs to
2: start getting his way, he's gonna get he it. Which is the ways... main uh, attribute of an asshole, in my opinion. Even if it's also the attribute of a good filmmaker, like I don't want to hang out with someone who always has to get their way. I hate those people. They he suck. embodies those people are he bad. He the
1: biggest section of his fans, which are first year movies. Yeah, someone film who's like people. Hey. he's just like yeah, um, have you ever even seen Sunset Boulevard or what? <laughs> or, uh,
2: yeah, just like a guy who's like, no, hey, Uma, you should do this stunt. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not comfortable oh, that with that. Story, yeah, I'm not comfortable. Fuck. He's like, no, you're going to do and it. she gets hurt. You're going <laughs> to do it or you're not going to be in my movie. Dude,
0: dude, I mean, that reminds me of, of uh, uh, another thing I saw in the Death Proof special features, which is like he they were doing the stunt where uh, the driver was like, I can't do that. That's too fucking dangerous because she has a woman in front of her blocking her way she can't see the road and she's like i can't be driving 80 miles per hour with someone blocking my view and he's like well and quinn's like well can you do it driving 30 miles per hour and she's like yeah <laughs> and then they kept increasing it like 30 45 <laughs> see that's what 50, i'm talking about until she was doing it at 75 to, miles to per
2: me hour. most of the times if you if you describe someone as uncompromising they're not good to be around they might not be like a bad person but i don't want to hang out with that type of person yeah because if if it's like
0: he still gets people coming back working with oh well of course
2: why wouldn't you like if you're if you're any actor why would you not want to be in the best movie like that's the thing that's the same thing with kanye he's a great collaborator like people like to work with kanye people don't like to hear kanye talk about (laughs) things
0: it's it's an interesting dichotomy that's, that kind of reminds me also of an interview that uh, Jamie Foxx did where he was talking about qu- talk, uh, working with Quentin and how like when he was directing him, Jamie Foxx said that Quentin like pulled him aside and he was like, what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck do you think you're doing? What the hell is that? You're a slave. <laughs> You're a slave. Act like it. Jeez. <laughs> and then and then the it, the, the interviewer was crazy. like, so would you work with him again? And he was like, yeah, yeah no absolutely. Question. Yeah, that's the thing. Well,
1: because a lot of times he does get the best out of people. It's like Fincher, where it's like the same thing. Like, he will work you down till you're fucking nothing and you think that you're <laughs> worthless. Yeah. But he makes you, he gives well, yeah, the best performance. And the moving, grains. yeah,
2: going back in time, Hitchcock and like Kubrick. Like shit. I mean, I honestly, shit. I honestly
1: think that to bring it back around to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think that Leo might give his best performance that he's ever given in this movie.
2: Yeah, honestly. In the conversation. Uh, yeah, for definitely. Sure. Like, he, he is good at what he does. No one is questioning if he's great at getting a performance out of actors. We're just in an era now where we're starting to realize that be- that being very good at your thing is not enough as a person like Harvey Weinstein was very good at getting his way, which is exactly what movie producers do. It happens to be that that trait trickled into the rest of his life. You know what I mean? So Monster shit. it's just there. I- I'm sure there are plenty of people who would have wanted us to talk more about him being a dick because we're starting to realize that people who are dicks publicly and we know that they're dicks, there's actually stuff that we don't know most of the time. You know what I mean?
1: I I mean, you are right that it is. I'm, I'm kind of, I can breathe a sigh of relief a little bit that Tarantino didn't get me too. It's really surprising. I mean, I'm surprised. <laughs> I, I, Tarantino I has
0: spoken about the the Weinstein shit, and he said that he knew more... Then he should have oh, yeah. been, talked about it. No,
1: well, because his whole thing was like he didn't know like that women were getting raped, but he definitely like saw things that were happening and he just didn't speak up because it was a different time period. And you're just like, Well, you're the person who's giving me giving me a check for a hundred million dollars to make my movie. So I can't oh, yeah. really say that. And also shit to
2: you. I mean, there were so many people who knew what he was doing and they just wouldn't at the time have called it rape, because the definition of rape publicly didn't include pressuring women into sex yet. Now it totally does. Yeah. Uh, so there are plenty of people who are like, Oh yeah, Weinstein, he gets the young actor actresses in there and then he he doesn't like physically make them but he makes them now we know that that is just as bad you know (laughs) uh so i don't know it's just it's weird to think about all that stuff but sight unseen the dude can make a fucking movie and i think that there is a bit of a cloud above his name because of hateful eight because of how a lot of his movies have been co-opted by like we say like the frat film guys who like that's the only good movie that they think you know yeah. he's the only good there are plenty of others first that... order business yeah. buy a Pulp Fiction poster <laughs> <laughs> it's just there
1: are people who think that that's I'm the shocked only... that we did not buy a Pulp Fiction <laughs> poster for our dorm that we stayed it's just, in together it's been
2: co-opted by this thing where like there are guys who think the only good style of filmmaking is Scorsese and Tarantino that's not the truth but those are also oh. the best of the best filmmakers well yeah.
0: hang on to your hats because there's another Scorsese movie coming out this year and we're gonna we're going to get into that. We're
1: going to do our top 100 Scorsese movies. <laughs> yeah. But
0: we got we to gotta wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, we got to go. Um, it's been so, a while. yeah. Thanks for sticking around for this extra long, long Quentin Tino episode. Stop trying to make that
1: happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen.
0: Uh, you can find more episodes by following us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at WeBottomMike and email us at WeBottomMike at gmail.com. Also, leave us a review. On your favorite app, um, podcast app, five stars, please. And stick around for up, and stick around for many more fun things, fun segments coming up because the summer movie season is coming mm, to thank a Thank God. Uh, it's been rough. It's been rough. But, hey, we got a good movie. Good movie from I, Mr. I got, I got segments
2: lined up for when there aren't movies.
0: Yes. Uh,
2: any, any plugs, boys? I'll do my Twitter this time because I was just thinking about how good it is. Okay. Um <laughs> At D-R-E-W-D-I-E-T. Zen on Twitter and uh Hunter,
0: you had a little Twitter I, yeah, moment, yeah.
1: I'm kind of famous now, yeah, yeah. Um, so of course, I had a you're no Rick Dalton, I had a Lion King tweet. I think that I actually am similar to Rick Dalton in that I had a Lion King tweet that blew up, got like a hundred likes, um, but then. I had a follow-up tweet to that That has one like yeah. So I am kind of like Rick That is in that Twitter way. in a nutshell um, You will
2: blow up But you don't get a single yeah. new follow-up No, no new <laughs> follow It's insane um,
1: So yeah there's that Follow me on Letterboxd as well At Hunt Mobley For my full Tarantino rankings mm-hmm. Ooh. Where I have Hateful Eight mm. Might surprise it's you It's not on the list <laughs> <laughs> It's not It doesn't exist That's the funniest clickbait thing Is something might surprise
2: yeah. you Because it's not even saying it will <laughs> <laughs>
0: It, I, who knows?
1: Am yeah, I, probably well. having
2: it
0: last could surprise somebody. <laughs> <laughs> uh and I'm at Caldernist. Follow me on the socials on there. Thanks for listening. Um, let us know all your takes and thoughts. Let us know if you want more uh, long pods. Yeah, maybe we need to go <laughs> really? back to our. Yeah. Well, it's it's Tarantino. Yeah, if you're gonna talk, I long knew that about this was anyone. gonna be a. The long thing is, one, yeah, so. it was a
2: real Sophie's choice putting this segment at the end of our catch up mm-hmm. or this one. Like, yeah. there's no, there was no short episode.
0: Yeah, possibly Uh But hey, we love to see it. We love to hear it. Yeah. We bought a mic. bam. Thanks for listening. Bye, bye. <laughs>